Welcome to the Wow Marriage Podcast. In our marriage, we had a blast in the whoa, this is awesome phase, struggled and endured through the what was I thinking phase, and fought hard to get to the wow marriage we have today. It's our goal to share with you some practical tools, biblical principles, and help you reach the wow marriage and stay there. So buckle up, get ready. It's going to be a great ride. Now let's get going. Welcome to the Wow Marriage Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Lisa. And we're ministers here at Abundant Life Church who focus on marriage. We're so glad you decided to join us and listen to today's episode, Marriage Pitfalls. So what exactly is a pitfall? So if you want to look at Webster's Dictionary and get their definition, a pitfall is a um, hidden or unsuspected danger or difficulty. Well, I don't think that any relationship you know, walks around, you know, looking for snares or looking for trouble, but it does seem to happen more often than not, even in the most mundane tasks or just the everyday life stuff, somehow, some way things seem to, you know, have, a, have their way of, of, of coming up and, and grabbing us by the ankles and trying to, you know, drag us down or drag us backwards into another place. Yeah. So, I mean, even just some of the things that we choose to do in our marriages sometimes can, um, unbeknownst to us, be pitfalls in our marriage and and then eventually cause cracks that that can just cause the marriage to completely crumble um sometimes quickly sometimes slowly and over time so um so let me ask you what do you think is one of the um biggest pitfalls that a marriage could could encounter um with choices well, I think one of the things that I, I first comes to mind is the, the, the concept of yours, mine, ours. More often than not, when you get into a relationship, you're coming from a status where you're single and everything you have, everything that you do is yours, you're responsible for it. And then you enter into a marriage and by concept, everything should become ours. You know, that's God's plan, you know, right. that we share a life together. We share our assets. We share our responsibilities and, you know, the like. So, yeah, for sure. The The thing is, is if two become one, that's what the Bible says marriage is, is two becoming one. So if we are one, then everything should be ours. I think the dangerous thing about that um, in my mind is that if I have something that I refuse to allow you to have ownership of, then I don't trust you. And if I don't trust you with everything in my life, then then that, again, it's it's a pitfall by definition. That's dangerous. That is that's a challenge and a difficulty that that um, can't be overcome with anything less than full release of whatever that thing is. And so I think. um and talking about the yours and mine versus ours, some of the biggest things uh, that people I think we've ran into and heard of that the they don't want to relinquish control of, if you will, um, stuff like kids. Maybe if if children are brought into the marriage, the from responsibility a of the rearing marriage. Yeah, that it's this is my child and that's your child and you can't discipline and you can't talk to and you can't correct and and that sort of thing. And, and the other thing I think that that is dangerous is money. 
And people want to have this, this is my money, this is your money. And then over here in this account, this is our money. And, and there's no true, um, sharing complete. Yeah. Complete unity in those areas. Yeah. And, and a lot of the background for this pitfall is, you know, you come into a relationship, you'd, Everybody has examples in their lives. It could be your grandparents. It could be your aunts and uncles. could be your own parents, whatever that looks like. Brothers and sisters that are older than you. They've been married before. They've been divorced or you've been in relationships before and you've been hurt. However that looks, you got to get God's perspective on the scene before entering into the marriage covenant so that you can have a true heart of compassion for, for, you know, your spouse, but true trust and a a true ability to, to work together as a team to be able to navigate through this. Okay. So, so what do you think is something that a couple who they're already married and they're, this is a pitfall that they're in right now and they're struggling with, this is your money. This is my money. This is our money. So what is what is the best piece of advice that we could give them and why? Well, I think the first thing that has to happen is they have to be completely transparent with one another. You have to lay all your cards on the table, whether it's debt, income coming in, income going out. You have to get on the same page and everybody has to see everything. There can't be like this like secret savings account or, you know, secret debt, like, oh my goodness, I have like some old student loans that I didn't tell you about in the beginning. You have to lay, you have to be an open book. And, and, and the, the trust factor starts when, when you're completely transparent and you're willing to expose yourself. Now, before you go into this conversation, there has to be some serious, um, Prayer and 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 yeah, I'd like to ground set some rules. ground rules that that when we have this conversation, this is not an opportunity, or you don't allow for the opportunity for the enemy to rear his ugly head and come in and try to demolish what you're doing here and create this pitfall. So open yourself up, be willing to to be transparent. And have that conversation in love. And right, if you're good. if you're on the other side of this and, and you're finding out for the first time, have some compassion. Understand that, you know, this probably wasn't hidden from you out of uh it was probably out of guilt or shame. Fear and fear yeah, and, sure. and not not meant to be malicious. So have some compassion that this person is, is being vulnerable, exposing themselves to you and let's get it, you know, let's get it on the table. Let's, let's find a a curriculum that works best for us, whether you're going to use a marriage counselor that deals in finances or maybe just a financial advisor, whatever that looks like, sit down together, come up with a target goal, a game plan to figure out how are we going to integrate our finances? How can we get to a point where we can trust each other, you know, where we have access to the same account and we're growing these accounts and we're, and we're, you know, knocking down the debt, whatever that looks like together. And, and it's much more fulfilling. Don't you think that way when, when you've accomplished something together? I was thinking that when, as you were talking, I was actually thinking like, what an opportunity to, to, take the relationship to another level when you can see that in that conversation, the transparency is received with love 
and that you can then recognize that that relationship is a safe place. Another thing on the yours, mine, ours uh, versus ours topic before we move on, you know, you brought up children. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a relationship, uh, again, blended families, they happen all the time uh, and it, in, it's in today's tough. society. I mean, I, you know, you, just to, to, for in full disclosure, Chris and I came into a relationship with Chris already having a son, Chris Jr. And, and to me today, he's my son. And so, and, and Chris has always been very, um, very open to that, that concept and, and very gracious with my, uh, parenting of Chris Jr. Uh, and so he's, he is ours. But that wasn't always the case. We weren't always on the same page. And I didn't always think that your, you know, handling of Chris was done with compassion. I felt that, that at times that maybe you were a bit too much. And so we had to have some, some, you know, behind closed doors conversations mm -hmm. about how we felt about that. And we always didn't do the right thing. We had, you know, some of these, I would call them like knockdown drag out conversations in front of Chris and that actually was was a negative and and actually had some pitfall material attached to it that we had to overcome over some years and months and 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 a lot of prayer and fasting and just hard work a lot of repenting amen a lot of repenting and that's a key too in all of this there's got to be some repentance um, but the, the key is, is just making that choice that no more, this is not going to be the way that we live any longer in those conversations, identify why you feel like you need to maintain the, this is mine mindset about some things. And as you identify the whys, then you can have, again, those transparent conversations. Yeah. I think ultimately understanding that if you're in a relationship, especially a marriage at some point in the relationship. You trusted this person. Mm -hmm. You said to God that you're willing to be vulnerable, open, and, and honest one. with this person and, yeah. and become one in yeah. Christ. So absolutely honor that and 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 get a move on. Get yeah. get, get get to the other side of this thing so that you can achieve, you know, all that God has for you. For sure. So another thing we'd like to discuss today is kind of a a a, a conglomeration of of different things is, you know, what do you do when, uh, you know, how do you get to a point where you start feeling more like roommates than romantic partners, or you become bored with one another, your sex life fades and, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you just feel like blah. So I think the way that, that, that happens is you just, um, day by day, you, you get into, you know, routines of life, you get into, managing the home and working the job and rearing the kids and paying the bills. And you just get into the routine of life and your focus becomes uh, more on that and less on the, the attention that a marriage needs and the relationship, you know, it, it loses the time investment because your time gets spread across so many other things. And I think that, that when you do that, um, it does leave the opportunity for, for you to just kind of coexist in a house together. And it can ultimately create a, an atmosphere of compartmentalization in the home where you don't interact with each other and you don't chase each other and you don't um, pursue each other. And when that happens, you do, you fall into this, we're just roommates, we're kind of existing together. And when you 
start living like that, then intimacy is definitely going to fade because you don't look at each other that way in, in when you're when you're living in that rut and routine. And usually the 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 crummy part of this is usually when we deal when we've spoken with couples in the past that have had some of this going on in their life, it's it's odd that number one, it's usually one and not the other. Mm-hmm. Somebody feels like this and somebody doesn't. And the other thing that really stinks about it is when it gets brought to light, it's it's severely painful for one person and again, not the other. So if I'm feeling this way and I bring it to Lisa's attention, all of a sudden she has a big decision to make and how she's going to handle this. Because now basically what I've told her is I feel some kind of way that she has no idea about. And she certainly doesn't feel that way. So now she's asking herself and she's dealing with, okay, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Why is he feel like that? You know, and then your mind can, if you allow it, your mind can wander to places that it shouldn't, which is, well, maybe they're having an affair or maybe something's going on. Maybe they have some secret addiction that I don't know about. And and all of this kind of ugliness can rear its head. So again, kind of back to what we talked about in the beginning, you have to get to a point where you can sit down and have a very transparent conversation where you don't feel like what you're about to say is going to be perceived with the wrong mindset or the wrong ears. Again, Always remembering when the two of you get together and have a conversation that I love you and you love me and what's about to transpire is not for the detriment of our relationship, but it's supposed to be healthy and Mm -hmm. helpful moving forward. So if you find yourself that, you know, your sex life is faded or you feel like you've become maybe a little bit bored with one another or you start feeling this, this, you know, like you're just going through the motions kind of thing mm-hmm. before, before it gets too far. The moment you've recognized this, that is the time to bring it up. The recognition thing is what I was going to mention. You know, what's scary about this particular pitfall, I think, is that it, it creeps in. It's, you know, you, you go from one day to the next. You don't even realize that this is happening and if you don't pay attention and really do some reflection and, and really um, look at the condition and health of the marriage on a consistent basis, if you let it go even, you know, a week, a week goes by without attention to your marriage and you can already be in this place where you're at the mindset of boredom or you're in a mindset of um, the lack of, of desire for one another because you haven't given it the attention it needs. And and the what I recommend is make sure that you are doing the, a consistent, regular evaluation of your marriage. And what is the health of it? How often are you being intimate? How often are you having conversations that don't necessarily revolve around the kids and the bills? How often are you really, truly investing into each other? Um, you know, some of the things that, that I recommend that you do is find things that are not your normal to get out of the routine, right? If you right. get out of the routine, then you're intentionally putting focus on different areas of your marriage and you're intentionally um, doing things that are going to keep things fresh and new. So what does, what what kind of, of things can you do? Um, you know, we highly recommend marriage conferences. We highly recommend doing marriage books together. 
And that's one of the things that I really enjoy. And we've um, talked about the date nights and things like that. Yeah, of course. Keeping those things going. Yeah, and be creative in all of it. But, you know, if you do decide you're going to do a a marriage book, get a book and, and take turns reading each night. Take turns, you know, asking questions out of the book to each other and, um, you know, just keep the, 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 the thoughts flowing, keep the intimacy flowing, um, just keep it new. Awesome. So last I want to talk about is one that we hear probably more often than not is what happens in your relationship when all of the sudden you have like zero tolerance for the silliness, the goofiness, or just the everyday uh, mistakes or, you know, little nuances to a relationship. So, you know, you've talked about some of the, the things that you've dealt with in the past, like, okay, in the very beginning, you know, I might not have been able to make my clothes into the laundry basket. And now all of a sudden that turned into, you know, a knockdown drag out about, you know, car payments or something crazy like that, that had nothing to do with what you were originally frustrated about. But the reality was, is your tolerance level for my little nuances, my little, you know, idiosyncrasies has has all of a sudden gone out the window your and, wit and humor and uh, yeah now silliness well you know and that's and that goes kind of hand in hand with you know one of the other things we've talked about too is the fact that we forget to be funny and goofy mm-hmm. together we forget you know that that life is supposed to be fun god did not intend us to walk through life with this sour puss <laughs> on our face yeah. and have zero fun it's about winning souls and living for Jesus Christ with a smile on our face and, and doing it in, in good fun. Yeah. So back to your question, you know, what what to do with those situations and how to identify those situations and how to overcome those situations of lack of tolerance for one another. For me, I can tell you what I had to do. Again, it's just self-evaluation. I had to take a, a look inside myself and I realized that the lack of tolerance partially was because of unrealistic and unreasonable expectations that I had placed on you. But on top of that, it was, there were other things that were taking place and other things that were happening that I was offended by. I I made the choice to walk an offense and I, I allowed that offense to roll over into other things. And because I was offended by something simple, I then had no tolerance for other things and that offense created um, mindsets of not being able to trust you with different things. And let's be honest, being goofy, being silly, being able to laugh with somebody, you have to totally trust that person with your emotions and trust that person with your thoughts and trust that person, you know, uh, ultimately with every part of you. And not that you did anything deliberately to to betray my trust as it pertained to any of those things, but I think I was offended by something, something didn't go my way or, you know, that my feelings got hurt about something. And the, I allowed the enemy into my mind to convince me that if you didn't care about my feelings in that thing, then you didn't care about my feelings about anything. And so then I didn't trust you with my feelings. And if I don't trust you with my feelings, I can't laugh and be silly and be 
vulnerable. It's funny you're saying that because I can't think of <laughs> anything that you did in the beginning that you do today that I have like no tolerance for. Like, I, 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 we are vastly I different not, in this area. I'm not, as, like, I'm not as strong as you in that area. No, I'm, I'm a woman. Oh, so, is that what it is? Yeah. You're playing the woman card? Well, you know, women need to feel secure in every area, especially as it relates to their emotions and their feelings and their thoughts. So, yeah. So I think that's, you know, I think oh. that's where it, where it, you know, stemmed from. I think that was the root of it. Okay. Okay. But, you know, you say that, but today... You know, I could do anything. You know, mm -hmm. we were just talking the other day. You know, I ref some high school soccer here locally, and I came home. I mean, Lisa's still, the, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm the funniest guy in the world to this lady. And I don't know how that I've managed to maintain that because I don't think that I would be that funny. I mean, most people, you know, they laugh at my jokes, and I think that maybe it's just, you know, they're just trying to be polite. But Lisa <laughs> genuinely just, I mean, she's just got the chuckles when I come around. I was pulling this move the other day where I came home and I was all sweaty and nasty. And I, you know, I, I didn't think I was like stinky. But what I said was, you know, when I got close, I tried to get her a kiss, no. you know, before I get showered up. And she's, you know, <laughs> pulling away. And I'm like, you know, I've heard, I've read this, you know, we read stuff. You don't think, you know, we pull, you know, rabbits out of that here. I read online all kinds of stuff about, you know, relationship advice and stuff, you know, over the years. And one of the things I read was that, that men have like a natural musk. It was not musk. And I it just felt stink. like you were having an opportunity to like, you know, get a, get a taste of my, you know, Chris Wood man musk. <laughs> And all of the sudden, you know, you just, it's you just, not you know, man musk. It was just stink. <laughs> it wasn't just stink. You sent me pack into the shower. Yes. I, that was hurtful. I did. All right. Well. well, listen, you know, I want to kind of wrap this up in a little bit of a bow here, but you know, when I think about the pitfalls of marriage and, and these things that we can get snared in, I think it's a big difference. I'm going to kind of date myself, but back when, uh, you know, I was growing up, I played this Atari game or Coleco game, and it was called Pitfall. And the one thing that I, I look at now as as to opposed to how things are, you know, then and now is, you know, back then you get like three men and it's over. Now, <laughs> you know, you play Call of Duty or something, you know, you got 15 minutes, you could die 150 times, you could die <laughs> three, you just, you know, go at it. Well, your marriage is not like that. Right. Your marriage right. isn't. That's an unrealistic expectation. Right. <laughs> so when, when you're thinking, don't, don't think, think like the guy with three lives, mm -hmm. not, not the guy today. Because again, if you don't handle these things, these pitfalls, as they come up, if you don't deal with them, they fester, they become open yeah. wounds that, that can carry on for years. So treat your life, you know, more like the Atari version as opposed to the Xbox version or PlayStation or whatever it is you play and really try to nip these things in the bud because they can become ugly, they can become offensive, and then you'll find yourself in a place that you're going to need, you know, a lot of help to get out of, maybe just more so than, than you know, what you realize. Yeah, which is, again, why I say you just consistently evaluate your marriage and look at the health meter on your marriage and and. and be proactive and not reactive whenever possible, um, you know, because if you can 
find a, a if you can find these pitfalls and we've only talked about three but there are so many pitfalls in marriage that um ha- have the risk of of knocking it chipping it away one block at a time you talk about the pitfall game and knocking it away one block at a time until all of a sudden the walls fall down and then, you know, you're, you're, it's never beyond repair. Any marriage can be fixed with attention and intention. Um, so it's never beyond repair, but the sooner that you can identify these pitfalls and the sooner you can address and deal with them, the better. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. So we want to thank you again for joining us and listening to us uh, um, in our episode Marriage Pitfalls today. Make sure you take an opportunity to look us up on Facebook, look us up on Instagram. Check out our website, www.thewowmarriage.com. And please don't forget about our upcoming marriage conference in February. It's on the 11th and 12th in 2022. It's going to be right here at Abundant Life Church. It's going to be an amazing power-packed weekend for your marriages. You do not want to miss it. Absolutely. And the other thing, always send us these kind of questions. We we love addressing these questions and answering them on our podcast. You can always send them to us at thewowmarriage at gmail.com. We call you all blessed. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Wow Marriage Podcast. We pray that the experiences shared today will not only bless you, but inspire you to have your very own wow marriage. To stay connected, please be sure to subscribe to this channel and also visit our website at thewowmarriage.com to watch this podcast and others in video. We call you blessed in Jesus' name.